Hello, everybody, and welcome to Minute 111 of Season 5 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 plus action flick Die Hard 2 Die Harder one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Bubbleweed for It's Time from It's Time to Rewind. Welcome back to the show, Bubba. Hey, it's it's good to be here. I'm uh, excited to get a chance to to talk about this. Yeah, movie. well, I mean, this, today's minute we don't have that much uh, dialogue. Uh, we have we have typical John McClane dialogue. <laughs> That's what we have. You know, we don't. There's there's really no conversations, but uh, it still still works. I mean, some would argue that this is the best line of the. Movie. That is correct. That is correct. So minute one eleven begins with Esperanza getting ready to take off. And ends with John screaming for joy. So yesterday, we or on, on Friday, we ended things by John basically getting kicked off uh, the, the wing of the airplane, falling to the ground, and uh, being quite happy that, you know, gas prices are going up. <laughs> <laughs> Esperanza is continuing to, to fly. I mean, I, you, you notice that nobody really cares that, uh, uh, that, that Major Grant is gone. You know, they, they just move along. That's it. He's he's been you know chopped up by the by by the uh, engine, but we don't really care. We're just moving moving forward. I guess uh, they look at it that they they split the reward money. Uh, you know, they each get more. Their their shares are are a little higher. You know, even even all the guys in blue light, none of them say anything about the fact that you know their commander just got killed, or he didn't come back in the plane with Stewart. I guess you can look at it from that perspective. So, I don't know. So, Esperanza continues to uh, speed up the plane and gets ready for, for lifting off. And and then we get a shot of John lying on the ground, uh, flat on his back, just watching the plane go away, move farther and farther away. And then they give us a shot of all this spurting, gla- uh, spurting gas out of the wing, which well, we talked a little bit about this last week. I, I don't know how realistic that is. I mean, I'm not an, avi- an aviator at all. But I would think that that would be a major flaw if you just open the valve and gas starts flowing out as opposed to having to do something beyond that. Yeah, it looks makes it look like it's pressurized in there. You, you got water pressure. It's not just uh, – it looks like it's more than just dripping out through gravity. Correct. But my point is, is that, that I don't think that they would make planes this way that, okay, we have to refill the plane. So how do you make sure when you open the valve, in order to even put the pump in, that you're not going to have all this gas spurting out onto you? That's what happens when you open the valve. Unless oh, I mean, if it wasn't the, the valve labeled, labeled like emergency dump valve, like if you have to jump dump the fuel. Okay, maybe. That, that it, it's possible. Did it, did it say emergency valve? I'm trying to remember if it said emergency valve or not. But no, then I again, I don't remember if it said emergency but, valve, but I, I do think that it said like dump, you know, fuel dump. Right. But, but again, it goes back to the fact that, you know, it just seems like that is not the right way that one would make a, uh, a plane. <laughs> you, you, you know, you'd, you'd have a little more safety, even if you need to dump it. That there, there, maybe you had to do something else in order. Maybe there's like a button there in order to stop it, or like, okay, right now you're dumping. When do, when do, yeah. how do you stop it? Okay, Either, you, you, you know, manually you don't want to dump all valve. of the, you don't want to dump all of it. Well, if, and then you get gas all over yourself. I mean, if if there was something wrong with the gas, like they they had to dump it in order to get an empty uh, an empty tank, 
but I, I don't know. I, I know nothing about fueling uh, passenger planes. No, neither do I. I'm, I'm just guessing, and it just doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. You know, I mean, it's great. It's great for the plot of the movie. That that works. You know, we're, we'll find some more flaws along the way with that. But, you know, anyone out there who knows anything about planes and knows if this really is what happens when you open this uh, emergency dump valve, uh, let us know. You know, it'd be very interesting to, to know whether that uh, how that works or not. And then after we see all this spurting, we see John just lying casually on the ground, you know, uh, propping himself up with one elbow. Taking out his uh, lighter, you know, starts playing with his lighter. Do you, do you think that's that's still Tony's lighter? Um, I I missed like I I just assumed that it was McLean's lighter because I I think I if he got it from somebody else I must have missed that whenever I watched the movie. No, I'm talking about from from Die Hard One. Oh, from Die Hard One. Uh, I don't. I mean, we see that that John is a smoker, so I imagine that. That it's probably his lighter, right? Because he take he took a lighter off of off of uh, Tony. Tony was the first guy he killed in the first movie, Carl's brother. You know, when he was going through his knapsack, he he took out a lighter, and you know, and European cigarettes. So I wonder if he keeps that as a memento. <laughs> I mean, it's especially like the way this movie is set up because they they have a lot of just. Uh, random callbacks to the first movie that's uh i i could definitely see that that would be something that except that you know the, the movie doesn't really uh focus on it but just the fact that he has it i i could see that connection right okay no it just it got me thinking when i was watching this doing the do, doing my research on it and i saw that he took out the lighter and i'm like hmm i wonder if it's the same lighter or if it's supposed <laughs> to be the same lighter you know, probably prop wise, it's not, but who knows? And then uh, he he lights the the lighter, make sure that it, that it stays uh, lit. Which I mean, I do Zippos stay lit like that? Yeah, they they, they have the you know it, it's like a, a they the wind resistance situation. Right? It has the the liquid lighter fuel um, uh, reservoir in inside that's usually it's usually cotton filled. And then they have the wick, and so it works kind of like a candle, where it has the, the lighter fuel reservoir, and then it feeds the lighter fuel feeds through the wick, and that's what burns. And so Zippos can tend to, you know, burn for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So the, the and then you and then you extinguish it by closing the right by, by closing, closing the lid, which extinguishes extinguishes it. Right. And then uh, John just takes takes this lighter and just throws it onto the ground, and then you know it lights up. Now, I mean, I gotta say, it's it's a great coincidence the fact that he happens to land exactly where the you know the the stream of gas ends, so that he can throw the 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 lighter on it. Because you know if he's lying over part of it, so it would go the other way also. Yeah, I feel like it, it should have gone the other way because it's, you know he dumped the valve and then he and then he got off. knocked off. That's right. And you know he rolled forward. So yeah, there there should have been a good Correct. maybe fifty feet of jet fuel going the other way as well. And if John is is sitting right there, it should have lit up and uh, you know taken him off also. And 
as as he throws throws the lighter down, he says his his uh, catchphrase, "Yippee!" Then we we see it light up, and and it's great the way that it lights up like that. It looks like you know it's something that that they do a lot in movies, where you know someone will light something, and you'll see the stream of of the flame, you know, go across the the screen with the way that they do it, and they they actually do it really well here because. You know, they, they, they follow the stream a little bit and we see all the different like sparks uh, flying on the ground. And then we see it on the runway, uh, basically chasing after the airplane. Mm-hmm. You know, so I it, I think it, it, it looks like a pretty good like a, it looks like a decent composite shot. But at the same time, like my eyes, I, I look at it and I see that that looks like a composite shot. Right. It could be. It definitely can be. And, you know, it, it just chases after. And then we, we get a shot of Esperanza determined. And he starts lifting up the throttle so that the plane will start lifting up. Then we get a shot of Stuart, also very confident right now. And you can see Miller in the background. And then they give us a shot of, of the guys inside of the passenger area of the plane. And there there's a total of 12 of them that are sitting here, six on each side. And you can see some of them are wearing white. That's right. Showing that they're from... The, the special ops team, and then well, the guys, several of them are wearing camo. The guys in camo are also from, from Blue Light. The only the only guy here who isn't from, from Blue Light is uh, is Khan. He's the guy with the uh, with the brown vest. Khan and Miller are the only two guys of Stewart's men that, that, that survived up until now. So all the other guys are, are the, the guys from Blue Light. You know, you can even see the guys in, in the white uh, underneath they have camo on. So just some of them kept on the, the white and some of them kept on the camo. Oh, I see. And what's really funny is you see a shot of Khan actually putting on his seatbelt. <laughs> you know, he because he obviously doesn't know what's about to happen when he doesn't really need a seatbelt. I also like the guy the, that we see blowing the smoke ring. That's right, the smoke ring. That that was actually something I wanted to talk about. You, you, uh, you brought up a good thing about the smoke ring. So... What is a first of all? Have you have you ever smoked? Do you do? Have you done smoke rings or not? Yeah, yeah. I I um you know I couldn't do them consistently, but I have been able to do a smoke ring. Like I I smoked for just a few years, <laughs> like literally right before it was legal for me to smoke. Like whenever I was in high school, you know I I smoked as a, a teenager. Like whenever I was you know, probably 16 to 18. And then I bought, whenever I turned 18, I bought one legal pack of cigarettes. Uh, and then I kind of, you know, my, my friend group moved away from the, the, uh, my friends that actively smoked. And then like, I, I was always just a social smoker. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I never really, I, I only smoked whenever I was around my friends that smoked. And then, you know, after I turned 18, started going to college, I wasn't hanging out with people that smoked anymore, so I had no reason to smoke. So I quit. Okay. All right. That, that's uh, very commendable. I mean, I've I've never smoked, so I, I have no idea. I only know from movies that that you can make, uh, you know, these smoke rings, or even if if you're looking at the, you know, at the, the Lord of the Rings, and then you can, you know, make uh, not just uh, smoke rings, you can make, uh, you know, ships that will flow that will fly through them and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> but that that's Gandalf. Mm-hmm. What can you do? 
Now, do you know? Uh, but I, I do also like kind of remember the science behind it. Too, you do to, to a certain extent. Okay, yeah. Please, yeah. please explain it to me then. Or I mean, not maybe not exactly the science, but I like I know the um, you know a, a way to consistently do it. Uh, like there's there's a way. Uh, like I've seen it done with like in a science class experiment where you can have like this, uh, a bucket with a small hole in one end and then like uh, the other end is open, but then you have like a piece of plastic with a rubber band and then you can fill this this uh, container with smoke. And then if you tap on the plastic on one end, then it'll come out as a smoke ring. Oh, wow. That's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a, a smoke ring is a visible vortex ring formed by smoke in a clear atmosphere. Um, smokers may blow smoke rings from the mouth intentionally or accidentally, and smoke rings may also be formed by sudden bursts of fire, such as lightning and immediately putting out a cigarette lighter, or by shaking a smoke source, such as an incense stick, uh, or by firing certain types of artillery. Uh, sometimes you, they also have special devices which are called vortex ring guns and vortex ring toys. And uh, basically, a mushroom cloud mm-hmm. is a form of a large smoke ring. Okay, a smoke ring is commonly formed when a puff of smoke is suddenly injected into clean air, especially through a narrow opening, which is basically what you just described beforehand. The outer parts of the puff are slowed by the still air relative to the central part, imparting it the characteristic flow pattern. The smoke rings to, makes the ring visible, but does not significantly affect the flow. So the same phenomenon can uh, occur with any fluid, which uh, can produce vortex rings, which are invisible, but otherwise entirely similar to smoke rings. So basically the way that you do it is you take smoke into your mouth and you expel it with a tongue flick by closing the jaw, tapping the cheek, or producing a sudden burst of air with the lungs and throat. The smoker may also use any of these methods to blow into a cloud of smoke outside of their mouth. And I mean, they, they say that, that even volcanoes can create uh, vapor rings, uh, these type of things. They, uh, I even saw some, some pictures. They actually look really cool. Um, these, these vortex rings of, of steam and gas that, uh, that you can have. So yeah, I thought I thought that was really cool. But you can do it also yeah. from a cigarette. It doesn't just need to be a cigar, right? Yeah, just in anything with with smoke. I, I'm sure you can do it with a mm. vape cloud as yeah, well. Yeah, probably. And then we we get a frontal shot of the plane coming towards us, getting ready to take off. And you know, you see in the background the the fire trail trying to catch up. And as the plane lifts off, the the flame jumps up from the ground, which again is such a cool effect to to show. How it just jumps up and and uh, and engulfs the 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 engine, which explodes. And as the engine explodes, we see mm-hmm. Esperanza looking to his left, and then they give us a shot, uh, like a, a just a fraction of a, a frame of the the soldiers looking to their left. Um, and then we we see the the wing exploding even more. And then they show us flames, uh, you know, coming up through the the cargo area. And then we see a picture of Miller who realizes that something's wrong. And then we see a picture of, of Stuart looking back with uh, a little bit a little bit scared scared look on his face. Esperanza uh, also same thing, very concerned. And then they they uh, you have to really uh, you have to watch this in slow motion, but you can see six of the soldiers 
basically screaming as as the 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 light engulfs them. You know, they don't have smoking. Uh, they don't have flames engulfing them. It's just you, you see this bright light. I guess it's a great way of just showing what's going on. We get a few more frames of the soldiers mm-hmm. as they're all screaming, and then it goes back to Esperanza again, and then they give us once again the wing uh, exploding. So the, the wing exploded three times. You know, just in different places, I guess. <laughs> and then right after that, we have the entire plane just imploding and just picking up. And I mean, I, again, this is this this is just great effects work, especially given the fact that at the time, and Randy Harlan talks about this on uh, on the commentary. You know, they just use practical effects. Here. You didn't have to worry about them using uh, special effects for or, or like digital effects for any of these things. And then we get a shot of John still looking on, you know, on the ground. Uh, and everything going on, and a bright light appears around him, and he basically uh, shirks back. And then we we basically see the the, the entire plane once again uh, exploding into many different little pieces. And John just starts laughing, 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 and he goes, "Oh, fuck. <laughs> as he's laughing, you know, he's he's enjoying himself." He, I, I think he's partially shocked that it worked. Yeah, it's it's that cathartic, yeah, it's that yeah. cathartic laugh of you know finally everything's finished and I can relax and it and it's just that that release of of emotion that's that's been you know that he's been kind of repressing for this entire this entire movie just trying to focus on what needs to be done and now everything is pretty much like he's done everything that he can do and so he just sits lays back and, and laughs and you know just has a moment like this moment of rest this this cathartic yeah. moment of of mm-hmm. rest and completion completely. and it, it, it's great I, mean, I think he's also wondering to himself you know uh, that he's shocked about the fact that this actually worked you know i'm, I'm not sure he was 100 percent sure that this this is something that 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 he would be able to to actually accomplish but hey in yeah and i know like me watching this and i i just like this scene just it made me burst out laughing just because of how ridiculously uh, uh exaggerated it is <laughs> like i i get i completely understand that this is you know for cinematic effect but just uh, just the the way that this the entire ex- plane explodes in this giant fireball to me just seems a little bit uh, you know uh, in it okay inaccurate. i mean that's fair but again we 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 don't watch these type of movies looking just for accuracy <laughs> you know partially we, we still want to see some uh, some accuracy but uh, it doesn't have to be completely accurate with everything that's going on and obviously this is a prime example as to you know whether whether this really works or not I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not an expert on on plane explosions, so I don't know. I couldn't really tell you if if this is the way the plane should be exploding or not. Yeah, I, I could. Yeah, and and you know, you can't really tell. You can't really say if you know if plane fuel is flammable enough for the the flame to actually catch up to a plane going at takeoff speed. Um. And I know that it's like it, the the stream of fuel. It, it wouldn't be like a constant um, a, a constant stream. It would be broken up, but at least that uh, I, I think that one can be explained away because it's not just like the the liquid fuel that 
that burns it's the the fumes like it's the mixture of the the fuel and the air and so i think from that explosion explanation you you could uh say that like it, it is possible for the flame to climb you know to jump up the stream in the air even though it's not like a a single a solid stream of liquid it, right. it'll be broken up that's true yeah may, but uh you know again it's it's fun to watch <laughs> yeah <laughs> a fantastical a fantastic giant practical plane explosion yeah, that's right yeah so they they they, they do a, a nice uh nice job of that um, and and then you know basically we we finish this minute with John continuing to laugh uh, and screaming for joy. I'm very glad that 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 his plan actually worked. <laughs> you have anything else you want to talk about uh, in this minute before we get into the script? No, I I think that covers it. The the truth is this minute of the script is a, is a page and a half, and it's very descriptive of everything that's going on. I'm just going to quickly read it because it's really interesting the way that it does it. So. Uh, McLean at the edge of the runway crawls to a painful sitting position, face Im Im impassive. He watches the jet move away, and in, in, uh, and in, in Congress, as it seems, he lights a cigarette, looks off at the line of jet fuel running along the runway for a quarter mile now. McLean battered like a car wreck victim. Now he looks up into the dark sky, trying to find the sound of jet engines. Then he sees lights of Holly's plane careening down in a desperate fight against gravity. McLean takes a long pull of the cigarette until the tip is red hot. Stewart stands in the open plane doorway, about to close it. He looks back and for the first time sees the jet fuel uh, winding endlessly down the runway. McLean then says, hey, Colonel, happy new year. And he throws the cigarette into the fuel. Stewart sees the flame racing towards him, turns the shout to Esperanzo. No, no, take off, take off now. Esperanzo responds to the cry, guns it. The plane starts to rise. The wheels go into the air. But as the craft rises, so does the flame, climbing the fuel ribbon right into the sky into the nearest engine, which explodes. Esperanza turns at the explosion in time for a wall of fire that shoots up from the wing and through the cockpit floor, and then he's on fire. And then Stuart is blown to little pieces as a fireball blows right out the door, taking all the remaining soldiers with it. The, and then the plane itself explodes, wings and tail and body going nine different directions. McLean dives to the ground as the explosion rolls towards him. So it's very descriptive. Uh, I, I was, you know, I've, I've been waiting six months since I first read the script to, to talk about the fact that, you know, in the in the script here, they didn't want to use Yippee motherfucker. They just wanted to say happy fucking New Year instead, which uh, doesn't flow as well, obviously. And it it wouldn't. I don't think it would have stuck as a uh, yeah. catchphrase. No, I don't think so either. I I also, you know, we haven't talked about it, but uh, the the first time that I watched this movie was last night. Uh, I hadn't seen it before. Seriously? Then. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, but like as I was watching this, and it got to this point with him, you know, jettisoning the the fuel mixture i actually you know surprisingly wasn't expecting like a, a plane explode like i wasn't expecting the the ring of fire my first thought was oh that uh you know john amos's character he fell into the one engine on that side and even though it didn't look like it got damaged it, it seemed like the the engine was working perfectly fine. i thought well maybe 
So he took out that engine and now he's dumping all the fuel from the other engine. And so that's, you know, the plane running out of fuel is going to cause it to crash. Interesting. That was my prediction of, of how it was going to end. Okay. All right. You see, the the one thing I do like in the script here that they didn't do in the movie, though, is, you know, the, it, it would have been nicer if Stuart was actually, you know, blown to bits uh, in in the, you know, in the doorway or something like that, as opposed to just having Stuart die with everybody else the same same way. You know, in a movie like this, you want to see the bad guy die in a more gruesome way. It's, it's like, you know, Hans Gruber doesn't just get shot. He gets shot, falls out a window, and then ends up falling 40, 40 flights. You know, so it would have been nice. Yeah, it, it's almost like you'll... It's almost like he should have had the engine, um, you know, the engine death. But at, at the same time, I think this does make more sense, at least in terms of their combat ability, because I, I think it makes more sense that McLean would have been able to overpower uh, John Amos's character and not uh, William Sadler's character because he is much, you know, he's younger, he's, you know, more physically fit, he is more well trained, and McLean was beaten down That's to right. hell at that point. That's true. I think you're right about that. All right. Um, so every Monday we have a segment called McLean Monday where my guests will give their top five uh, Bruce Willis performances. So, Bubba, why don't you start out with your number five and work your way up? All right. Uh, let's see. I think for my number five, I will go with The Sixth Sense. And, you know, I I think that Bruce Willis is great in that movie. And I'm I'm someone that's, that these days I don't really care about spoilers. But whenever I first saw this, like I, I had this movie spoiled before I, I got to see it the first time. So, I, I didn't get to watch it with the, uh, you know, without having the surprise of, oh, he's like, I knew that he okay. was dead the whole time. That's fair. But I, I think it still holds up as a no, great the, movie. The, the best thing about it is and, when you know the uh, ending, you're watching a different movie than someone who's watching the movie who doesn't know the ending. You know, which is which is why on right. a second watch, and I, right, I think that the second up, watch well. of the movie you you you're looking at it completely from in with different eyes. Uh and then my number 4 I think I'll go with the fifth element element. Uh this he is he's a lot of fun in that movie and it's it's still an action star role and again he's like not not the perfect character. He's kind of down on his luck which I feel like happens in a lot <laughs> of his roles. <laughs> that he plays the the down on his luck character for whatever reason. Yeah. But I I love that movie. Um, my number three, I will go with Death Becomes Her. That I haven't seen that movie in ages, and looking back on it, it's almost like Bruce Willis playing against type, even though it is like one of his really early roles. I but like whenever I was scrolling on IMDb, I'd forgotten how early in his yeah. career that movie was. And there's just him playing like, you know, a very meek of, uh, you know, again, down on his luck character, but like very opposite from the action star that right. that he normally plays. My number two, I will go with Sin City. Um, Why does that I, not I think, surprise I, me? <laughs> I love that first movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think my. I, I already know what it is, but uh, but I 
It's glass. It's glass. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, Sin City is fantastic. And I I don't like I, I cannot wrap my head around how Sin City and Sin City 2 look so much the same but feel so completely different from each other. And the first Sin City is is a great movie to watch. And then the second movie is just a pain to watch. Okay, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, And then my number one is Unbreakable. (laughs) I, you know, I can watch that movie over and over again. And I, you know, his, his role is so understated. Like I, I really just love the, the slow and intentional pace of that movie from start to finish like it i think some people might consider it boring but i i, I feel like it's very yeah. deliberate and everything is done for a purpose and just the visual of that is is so amazing like every shot could be made into a yeah. comic book pretty much which makes sense because it's it's designed to be like a comic book movie even though it wasn't based on a comic That's book right. it's an original story all right, very cool. Um, so, Bubba, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh sure. Um, you know, I like when I believe whenever this comes out, I will <laughs> have you know three concurrent podcasts running. Uh, so I will start out with uh, the my longest running one, which is it's time to rewind, which will be on uh, what I'm calling season five point five, uh, which it's. Uh, you know, I'm I'm releasing just one episode a week as it comes out. I have uh, finished my Memento season, which was season five, and then a spinning off of that, I am going into 50 first dates, which I'm calling well, actually 19 first dates, because I counted and there are only 19 dates that we see <laughs> in the movie, or at least 19 interactions between Drew Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. And so that's that's what I'm covering. I'm I'm doing one episode every Tuesday, and you know that's that one. It's I I, I feel like it's one of Adam Sandler's better movies. I, you know there there is some kind of annoying Adam Sandler humor that if if you don't like his style of humor, you might cringe at at some of the moments. But I think overall it's it's a decent movie. Okay, cool. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. Until tomorrow, yippee Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little village.